Welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show with Steve and Trish. Trish, what movie never gets old no matter how many times you watch it? That is so easy. These questions are always so, so difficult for me. And I didn't know that was coming. Tombstone. I probably have okay. a long list of them, but I, I just watched it again the other day. If I am just sitting around and like, there's nothing on, I can throw Tombstone on and be perfectly happy. Even if it's five minutes of it or the whole thing. What about you? Uh, well, there are two, there are probably more than two, but because this is not our, you know, movies weekly podcast. I I'll didn't know I could get two. <laughs> well, see, I, I write the questions. I make the rules. The classic, <laughs> of course, Casablanca. I'd watch that every time oh, over and over and okay. over again, you know, all time. Great. But for my out of the box one, I know, you know, this Trish and some listeners may know it's absolutely Twister. 1995's Twister. That is an awesome movie. I, I will pick that up at any point in the movie. I'll watch it from wherever I kick, you know, no matter what, I'll watch it every single time I see it. Twister. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm also a little bit that way with No Country for Old Men. Okay. You have something about the West and like gunfights. I don't know. It's a All weird right. thing. We will let our guest weigh in on this. I think she's got an answer. <laughs> she sort of smiled a little bit while we were having that discussion. We'll welcome her in a second. Trish, why don't we thank our friends at Paychecks first? Yes, definitely want to give a shout out to our longtime partners at Paychecks, um, which they sponsor this episode of the HR Happy Hour and every episode of the HR Happy Hour. Um, they are one of the leading providers of HR, payroll, retirement, and insurance solutions for businesses of all sizes. And since the onset of COVID-19, they have quickly responded to support these businesses and help them manage all the new challenges that came with that during the pandemic. They have the Paychecks COVID-19 Help Center, which you and I have both taken advantage of, and you don't have to be a customer even to take advantage of all of the different resources they have there, but it's basically an uh, ultimate comprehensive resource hub featuring articles, videos, scenario tools, live webinars, and podcasts that provide valuable up-to-date insight on stimulus measures, how to manage your remote workforce, hybrid workforces now, and everything from travel restrictions and, and getting your people back into the offices um, or wherever your company is located. So you can get specific guidance there and more valuable information at kx.me slash help center today. So thanks awesome. to our friends at Paychex. It's yeah, really good you. stuff. Thank you, Paychex. Uh, we're going to have a great topic today, Trish. We're talking about kind of worker training, development, mm -hmm. aligning people with opportunities. There is a, Trish, I don't know if you noticed, there's a huge problem here in the United States, even at, during the pandemic of yes. organizations having really difficult time finding workers of all types. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Our guest today is Wendy Runyon. She's the VP of Strategy and Business Development at Schneider Electric. With more than 25 years of experience in the industry, Wendy currently serves as the VP of Strategy and Innovation for Schneider Electric's Electrical Distribution Division in North America. Her team is responsible for understanding the North American market and competitive landscape, developing strategies, driving innovations and explorations, and pursuing strategic alliances, as well as M&A activities within the region. Wendy, welcome to the HR Happy Hour. How are you? Thank you, Steve. I'm doing great today. Thanks for having me here. It's awesome. It's great to talk to someone who's like really doing this stuff, right? Like we, we, we're, we're in our HR space a lot, Trish and I on this show, and that's where we kind of live and that's cool, but it's great to step out of that a little bit to talk about some of these topics, but with a, like a true business leader, right? Not just an HR leader. If that makes sense. Not that I don't like our HR leader friends. Believe me. I, I, do. I love them. 
Uh, Wendy, so good to see you. Want to weigh in on, on the question of the day? What movie, Wendy, oh. will you, do you just, it's on, I'm watching it. I don't care. Look, there's so many. I My answer would be, though, Braveheart. I love that movie. Every time it's on, I, I and it, it's not an easy one to say I'm going to watch beginning to end because it's like three hours long. <laughs> but I'll have to also side with you. If Twister's on, I won't turn that one oh, off right. either. I got another Twister fan. <laughs> I knew it. I am. Right. Strangely Twister. enough, yes. Great movie. I tell you what, he talks about that one so often. I watched it not too long ago, a couple of months ago, and it was, it was, it was good. I had never seen it. Now I'm going to admit something else. I've never seen Braveheart. I I know. You're both like, oh, like I just felt so good. So good. (laughs) I'm marking that down because seriously, I think this happens. Like, you know, you just forget about certain movies and and never go back to them. So, all right, it's going on the list for what to watch. We now have an official recommendation, Braveheart. Wendy, yeah, we want to dig into some of these topics around development and training and STEM. And, and, and But before we get into that, could you give us maybe 60 seconds or however long you think is needed to just give us the Schneider Electric sure. Overview? Because, you know, I did some research on it. This is a huge company, global brand that maybe just average folks are not familiar with if they're not directly into some of the businesses that you guys are in. Absolutely. And and you're right. Schneider is a huge brand. And I always say in North America, it's one of the biggest companies that people don't know. It's a global company. We're actually based in France. So globally, we're very well known. But in North America, it's not as much of a household name as some other companies. So Schneider is focused on energy management. We are focused on sustainable and uh, reliable and energy efficient solutions. We're obsessed with trying to drive down the cost and consumption of energy, trying to make a more sustainable planet, trying to get to carbon neutrality. And we also offer all sorts of solutions from hardware to software to services that completely enable the digital transformation of this, of this world, of this new sustainable world. Um, we focus on the design, the build, the operate, the maintain side of uh, really any any business, whether it's a commercial building, a data center, an industrial facility. So uh, we really cover a lot of bases, but really our mission is around driving a more sustainable planet great. and bringing awesome. energy to those that, that don't have it. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Uh, thank you for that, that overview, which is really cool and helpful. Uh, so you're kind of, you and your teams and your organization large on a larger scale are really having, facing some of these issues that we read in the news all the time, right? The lack of alignment between opportunities, especially in manufacturing and high tech kind of applications mm-hmm. with those opportunities and people who maybe don't have the, the right skill sets just yet to be a match mm-hmm. for those opportunities. Maybe I'd love you to maybe comment on that a little bit. A, or how much of that are you seeing at Schneider? And what are some of the ways that you think that organizations really need to, how can they get better at kind of making that alignment happen, right? Because it's going to be an ongoing challenge. It is an ongoing challenge. And, and we're, we're constantly searching for better ways to bring in and develop talent. And, and it, it's, every business is really struggling with it. But, but really what we see is the most successful leaders in the company have a variety of skill sets. So, you know, when we think about, the type of talent we want to bring in, yes, at times we want to hire a very specific skill set. But we find is those with a broader background and have the, the that versatility are the ones that are going to be able to move, take on new responsible responsibilities, be willing to take on more and really challenge themselves to learn and grow in new ways. So 
and I always tell people that I mentor, probably one of the biggest skills, no matter where what you're coming into the company with, whether it's a STEM degree or something else, is really communication skills and sales skills. So no matter no matter what role you had, if you don't know how to you know, either sell a product to a customer, if that's your role, or sell an idea to your management, or mm-hmm. sell yourself to get to the next position, you're really going to limit your career. So even if you're coming in in a hardcore engineering role where your role is is not sales, that skill set is going to be so important in just developing your career and building yourself into a leadership position. So we really, as businesses, looked for ways to try to develop skill, you know, a wider variety of skill set as opposed to, you know, an individual subject matter expert. You know, what kind of reception are you getting from that, whether that's from candidates or or your existing employees? And I ask that specifically because I know a lot of people who I've talked to who've become out of work during the pandemic, Mm -hmm. maybe didn't anticipate that they would be looking for work. And so I'm finding like, not only is it hard for them to job search because they don't understand what it takes anymore, right? Maybe they haven't looked for work in a long time, but I, I find them getting hung up on the fact that like, I don't meet every single skill that's in a, right. a written job description. And it kind of ties into what you just said about being able to sell yourself, whether that's for right. a new job or a promotion. Like it sounds like your culture there is one in which you're kind of maybe coaching people along or at least encouraging them to think beyond maybe what what's traditional. Yes. What kind of a, a reaction do you get from candidates um, who might not be familiar with that type of a culture or even from employees? It's eye-opening to a lot of them, especially when they come in saying, I'm really, really good at this one thing. But when you take a step back and you say, you can be really good at that one thing, but again, if you don't have the communication skills, you don't have the ability to work positively with teams and collaboration, you don't have the ability to just problem solve, you're really going to be limited in your career. So the reception I get when you kind of open that up, especially to people who have a, a variety of skills, they're very warm and receptive to it and actually are glad to hear that. Uh, and then the ones that really might have a more limited skill set, they realize they got a lot of areas they need to work on. And that presents a, an opportunity for them to grow and learn and develop, which most people are very receptive to. They're always looking for, you know, give me direct feedback on how I can make myself better. So I find people are very open to it. And, and like I said, on the technical group, they're, they're, it's almost eye-opening to them that, oh, I need to learn how to sell. <laughs> so yeah, I'm glad you said important. that. I, I really think that more business leaders in general should be coming at, at the people that we're either already working with or that we might potentially hire with that sort of mindset because it helps us too, right? We're getting, mm-hmm. we might be opening, expanding our vision of what the, the sort of perfect person for a role might be if we're considering other skills other than their highly specialized mm-hmm. technical skills, which are important, right. but not the only, not the only piece of the puzzle, if you will. So I love that the whole idea around transferable skills. So I'm really glad you, you sort of mentioned that there are others beyond the technical. Absolutely. Yeah. And we know that really, I guess, no matter what field of technology we're talking about, that the technology itself is going to evolve and change and and move very rapidly anyway. Right. So very specific, precise, uh, aptitudes are valuable at a point in time. Right. And then they become less valuable as, as the landscape moves, right? Like, uh, yes. The one thing you can be certain of is, uh, change will happen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wendy, one of the other things, uh, one thing I wanted to talk with you about is, uh, you know, what we do in HR, right. Uh, and in the HR space that Trish and I sort of exist in, 
I, I can't think of anything we've been talking about more than like uh, in broad strokes around diversity, equity, and inclusion, right? It, it's it's probably the number one issue on most HR leaders' radars, but as well as not just HR leaders, I think most business leaders too are have increased their attention, right, and their uh, their their the value that they're placing on these initiatives, and so part of that is. Uh, to, to make improvements in those areas, uh, a big part, especially in the technical realm, we hear all the time yes. about pipeline, right? That's been, the, that's the buzzword, right? And for the excuse yes. of why we can't be more diverse, particularly in technology, we can't have, we're, we don't have enough women in technology, women leaders in technology, as well as people from uh, other uh, under uh, underrepresented communities. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that, Wendy, sure. and maybe from your perspective as a business leader, and maybe even some of the things that Schneider thinks about or is doing to approach, how do we address that? A, is it even really a problem? And B, if it is a problem, how do we, how do we go about solving that problem and improving the pipeline uh, of female leaders and maybe underrepresented mm -hmm. groups into some of these technology jobs, which we know are going to really the future, right? Absolutely. It, it, look, uh, every you're right. Every business is struggling with this one. How do we build more diversity in our leadership? Specifically, how do we get more females um, into these positions? And and diversity is an interesting topic because I believe in a, a different spin when we talk about diverse teams. I believe in diversity of thought. And when we we talk about having a, a, div a diverse team, I want a team with multiple different perspectives. Now that tends to come from making sure your team has you know, different genders, different people, different backgrounds, different races, because they tend to all think differently and those perspectives are incredibly important. And it's absolutely proven, we've seen it over, I've seen it in my own teams, when, when you have that diversity of thought, you're more productive, innovation's better, and the output is, is almost always better because you don't have just a bunch of people thinking the same way, not challenging each other, just agreeing with each other. So, so that it is so important. And the other part of that is it's, it's tough to be able to find a lot of the diversity. We as businesses are working very hard to change this, but we still don't have a big enough pool of diverse talent that we can move through the organization. So that, you know, you kind of work backwards from there and say, okay, how do we get more diverse leaders? Well, we need more, a bigger pool in the organization. Well, how do we get a bigger pool? We need to work better with universities. And really, I believe that even starts at the high school level, because I'm a huge believer that having a, a STEM background builds the best leaders in companies. That's my, my opinion, and, but, but there's logic behind that opinion. In a STEM education, there's some basic things that you learn that are transferable no matter what your role is. When you're in a STEM education, you learn every day to question. You, you're, learn, you're taught to be curious. You're taught to ask why. You're taught to challenge status quo, create your hypothesis, and then go prove it right or wrong. That is something a lot of people are uncomfortable with. And they're uncomfortable with it because you know they're afraid to challenge. They're afraid of looking bad in a business meeting. But when you're you're trained with that skill set, it's just natural. So that that's one. Number two is problem solving. Everything in business is a problem to be solved. It really is. I mean, people can can get overwhelmed with one problem or another, but really, it's having that problem solving capability is what really is is essential for for leaders and organizations. Obviously, in a STEM education, that's what you're taught. You're taught how to methodically go through a process to solve problems. Additionally, you're taught failure's okay. 
you're you're allowed to fail in these STEM programs. That's actually, they, they encourage you. They encourage you to ask why, go try to solve it one way. If it doesn't work, fail fast, try a different way. That's just part of the process. And then the final one, which again is, I already mentioned it, but working in diverse teams. When you're in these STEM programs, that's exactly what you do. You're put with diverse people. You have to figure out how to work with them to produce a report or a lab or something. And you, you have to work within teams productively throughout the entire program. So if we can get more people in those types of programs, especially females, mm -hmm. we can wind up with females in organizations who have that skill set, which again is transferable from if you if you want to go down the technical path, great. But if you want to go down the business path, those are transferable skills in any position that you might have. So I'm a strong believer in, in females in STEM, but the problem really starts, as I mentioned, in high school. Because what I find when I go talk to, you know, because I have a STEM degree, I, I have an industrial engineering degree from Penn State. Um, so I am a huge believer in a STEM education because of the things I just mentioned. But people, what I find when I go talk to high schools about this is they're scared uh, for some reason, especially females. They're, they're intimidated by, it's going to be really hard. Is it going to be all math? Do, you know, am I going to have to sit behind a computer all day? That's not just a female. I'm intimidated by it right now, by the way. <laughs> right. The math intimidated the heck out of me back in the day. Oh, I'm just... Exactly. And, and so you you wind up getting a lot of questions about, and, and then they just, they have the perception of, oh, I'm going to have to, you know, be in an engineering, you know, let's say engineering engineering is the STEM. Am I going to have to like be behind a computer and, and, and just be working in a lab all day long? And what they have to realize is if that's the path you want, yes. But again, the STEM education is, is something that is transferable to many different roles. So that's where I believe we've got to start building that pool. We got to start early. We got to encourage diverse talent to come into STEM programs and universities. Then businesses need to partner with those universities more effectively to bring them into the pool. Does that make sense? Yeah. It yeah. does. I'm, I'm so glad you shared all of that. I made a ton of notes. I have to tell you. So I have twins who are starting their senior year of high school. Oh, boy, and girl. <laughs> boy and a girl. Say, there we go. And um, I'm sitting, you're talking, I'm thinking like, I need to play this for them because, you know, again, as they're, as they're starting to think about their college career and further, I don't know that I see the high schools doing enough of what you're describing. It's sort of informing people. Um, I don't know that they're getting in front of other adults like yourself who can actually say that. Because if I say what you just said, I'm just mom, right? They're not <laughs> seeing it from a different perspective. And so, yeah. um, so I do, I do like the idea of having people who are in these positions who have STEM backgrounds, working more with the universities and even especially with the high schools before they're yes. making those decisions of what to major in. So, and I know Steve, you, your son is what starting, he's in a sophomore year, right? Of college. So I don't know if he's officially declared his major. I know that's always a freshman, sophomore year. You could change it up a little bit, but I think too, it, that's a, such a good time to catch these kids and really yes. show them that there, there's more than just maybe the one job they perceive as a STEM job or, you know, a handful. Um, wait, are there other places or do you all at Schneider have resources for college students or, or even mm -hmm. younger or places you recommend even personally of where, where can they learn about these other jobs though? So they don't just mm -hmm. think that I have an engineering degree. I'm going to be sitting behind a computer. Like where would you recommend they sure. go? So, so there are a lot of programs and, and a lot of work that companies like Schneider do with, with both high school and college level. Um, I'm a big believer in internships, in 
funding research projects, um, in just recruiting programs, or one of my favorite, especially coming out of universities, are getting young talent, recent graduates into what we, Schneider has one and other companies do as well, called a leadership development program, where you can come in, it's a two to three year program, you get put in all different uh, positions within the company, all different business units within the company. So they, they tend to hire a lot out of, you know, STEM education, but not, not solely um, because of some of the reasons I was saying, you know, because of the skill set that, that you have going in, but then they put you in all sorts of roles in a leadership development program. So they get to see, you don't have to just take this one career path. You can actually leverage this, these skills to go into many different careers. Um, the one that always shocks people, because my daughter is also a senior, and she's going to college next year, and, and luckily, uh, I guess a little bit of my influence, um, going to attempt to do an engineering degree. And the reason being is that she's like, well, I don't know if I, I want to do that. I said, well, you know, you love innovating. You love watching Shark Tank, right? She <laughs> loves watching Shark Tank. And I said, well, the majority of those people have some sort of STEM education. They're problem solvers. They look for a problem in the market. They develop a, a solution and that's their product. And then they create a business around it. That's that's the type of thing you can do with an engineering degree. It doesn't have to be just what you're probably envisioning, which is, you know, a, you, you know, maybe working with circuits all day. That That is definitely one path of it, but there's all sorts of other paths and product management, product marketing, innovation teams. So that's that's a really eye-opening um, understanding for a lot of these kids. Uh, and then, you know, so to your to answer your, your question about the high school level. So yes, it, it's starting, I'm seeing, we need to do more of it, in my opinion, of having businesses and universities work at the high school level to educate them of the value of STEM education. So yeah. um, those are the types of programs and things that I see that are effective in just opening people's eyes to different uh, paths they could go down. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I would say too, if you're a, a listener even now and you have kids that are in high school or early in college, um, use your own network, right? Let them meet people from all different jobs, especially the STEM yes. jobs, right? Because if they meet a real person, like I didn't decide on human resources until I was a junior in college, I actually switched majors to do it after I met a human resource manager who just inspired the heck out of me, right? Like all of a sudden it just clicked and I was like, that's what I want to do. And so I think too, if we can expose our children to other professions than maybe the traditional ones they hear about, that's really going to yes. help them make those decisions um, mm -hmm. to get into the STEM programs too. So thank you so much for sharing yeah. that. Yeah. Wendy, as you were describing some of those approaches, I, I thought of because I, this is how I view the world. We've done almost 500 of these shows and I remember most of them, but uh, <laughs> wow. I, that's probably not true. I probably, I remember some of them, but the, uh, <laughs> a couple of years ago, uh, maybe more now I did a show. I don't think Trish, you were on that episode either for whatever reason. Uh, I did a show with the woman who at the time was the CHRO at Red Hat, the software mm -hmm. company, which uh, subsequently has been acquired by IBM. That, but at the time they were still Red Hat. Right. We were talking about some of these topics, Wendy, and, and, the, uh, the folks at Red Hat at the time, and I think this is somewhere in North Carolina where their headquarters is, Raleigh, I think, they had like the Red Hat innovation bus that had all these like experiments and technologies yes. inside of it. And they would take it to middle schools. That's why I'm bringing it up. Yes. They started, and this for this very reason, they were trying to improve the diversity of their mm -hmm. uh, ultimate pipeline yes. into Red Hat. They were starting at like eighth grade to try to Brilliant. do it, right? Which was incredible. Yes. And then the other thing I wanted to mention is a much more recent show, which touches on some of these same topics, but more from a kind of a, 
a governmental slash employer perspective, Trish. And again, I don't know why this keeps happening. If you weren't on this one either, a show I did about a couple of months ago uh, <laughs> with a couple of guys from MIT uh, who wrote a book called Workforce Education, A New Roadmap. And in that book, is it's very specifically talking about uh, organizational and regional uh, or partnerships with educational institutions like high schools and community colleges specifically mm -hmm. around internships and skills development and workforce development sort of at a macro view. So if you're in, I'm, I'm saying this for people listening to this show, if you're interested at all in those subjects a little more generally, I'd recommend both of those shows uh, to go back in the archive. The, the workforce of the future one was just a couple of months ago. It was uh, uh, really, really fascinating stuff about how organizations can work in partnership with other constituencies mm -hmm. to try to develop talent, right? Because it's it's a big problem, right? I mean, I, I Wendy, I don't know if you're, you're seeing this in, in your organization amongst your teams or more broadly, but I was just reading this morning, manufacturing jobs. There's a, there's probably half a million open manufacturing jobs in the United States right now at all skill levels, mm -hmm. right? From from highly skilled to middle skilled to even entry level and. Uh, there, there's other worker shortages we don't really need to talk about in other sectors of the economy. But I mean, for, for organizations struggling right now and today, right? Like the middle school, taking the bus to the middle school is great, but that's not going to help me make my quota for the next quarter. So I wonder if there's some things people can help can do now to try to connect people and get people into these jobs that are so hard to fill. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, you're, and it's not just manufacturing. Manufacturing is one. The other one we see is it's really hard to get skill set in field services. People with the technical understanding of how to fix, you know, we are a manufacturer at Schneider as well, you know, just to be able to go out and fix our, our products that, that it, it, we're starting to see an evolution of the skill skills where we're losing some of that basic competency. So yes, we, we are also seeing, you're seeing other companies do this as well, a very specific training. So training, you know, working with uh, universities to come up with very specific programs that actually train in very specific areas. You see companies like Google doing this, right? I mean, the, the Google's have their own university soon, right? Because they are just saying, we're going to take basically people right out of the high school realm and, and give them the education they need to be successful in, in what our business needs. And so I think we're going to see a lot more of that and a lot more of, you know, partnership with universities to say, this is the skill set I need. There's another university I was working with in Texas that they specifically created a program focused on data center engineering and realizing that this is the explosion of all these huge internet giant cloud-based data centers that they have a whole degree program around that now. So it's really the, you, the businesses that really need the skill set are going to have to get more creative and work with the universities, work with the high schools to be able to come up with very specialized program that, that take people down a very specific path from that perspective to fill that worker gap, but then also be able to make sure that they nurture them and give them the right skill sets to be able to expand beyond that very specific skill set, maybe in manufacturing or, or whatever it may be. So I, I think it's going to have to be a, a big collaboration between businesses and universities and, and high schools in the future to make this work because the, the workforce is changing. You mentioned it. It's completely changing from, you know, over the last uh, probably 20 years, even 10 years has been unbelievable. The change in the type of worker that's coming in and, they're, you know, what they want to see from a business. I think that's great advice. I would say one thing. Um when I was working in public accounting, what that we would do kind of along the lines of what you're talking about is we would go out with our competitors 
mm-hmm. and go to high schools and speak together. So like, smart. you know, I was with PwC and we'd get Ernst and Young together and, you know, KPMG and we'd all meet together and go, especially after women and minorities and people and yes. getting them involved in STEM careers or in accounting, you know, that sort of thing. And then we decided that by building the pipeline together at the high school level, then by the time they got to college, that's where we'd really compete for mm-hmm. them. So I don't know, do you see that at all in your industry and in manufacturing or whether it's in energy? Is there any of that going on? Because I think that's an interesting, an interesting concept to think about partnering with your competition, but you're really trying to fill a pipeline for everyone that you eventually all benefit from. Does yes, no, you're, you, it does. And it's a great point. And it, it's hard for people to say, oh, I'm going to go partner with my biggest competitor to go right? try to build a workforce. But yeah. it's what we need to do because it is a very yeah. unique skill set that um, we're, we're, we, all of us need. So we have to work together. We have to partner. We have to get creative in how we get this new talent. To me, um, you know, whether they come to Schneider or not, more, from my perspective, more females, we can get through the system with the right skill set, the better mm-hmm. off we'll all, we'll all be. Um, okay. So so for me, I would be more than happy to do an event like that with, with comp- competition, just to be able to say, we need to build the skill set. We need to build this up together. And I, I would encourage more and more companies to do that because it's, it's yeah, that's a, a super point. And again, I, I won't keep talking about that show I did with the MIT guys. There's a specific program we talked about on that show. It's in Charleston area with, mm-hmm. with, the, with the, the community college, the technical community college in Charleston. And like all the big employers mm-hmm. got together, like Boeing and BMW and a couple of other big manufacturers that are down in, in that Charleston area to do something like that. And there's loads of opportunity. While you guys were talking, I took, took the liberty of just doing a quick blind search on Schneider Electric Careers page this is global. There's almost 2,500 open jobs right now today. Right. And, and I, so I could filter it for the USA or whatever, but it's, right, right. there's loads, I guess the point is there's loads of opportunity in yes. these technical fields, which are growing at growing companies like Schneider. Like, yes. so like sending out that message and reiterating that message of, Hey, this is where opportunity is and will be, mm-hmm. I think is a great message to, to kind of just pound, pound into people, I think. Absolutely. And, and, and to encourage especially females, not to be intimidated or have that false perspective of, you know, going to a a manufacturer or technology company, going into a STEM degree. There's so many opportunities, you know, in so many different parts of the company that they should really be much more open to understanding the value of, you know, starting with potentially a STEM education, taking that and being able to come into a business open-minded and, and think about many different ways that they can take their career and then embracing that and going. I, I always tell um, females especially that if you have any inclination at all to be able to go through that type of education, it sets you up so well because when you sit in a room, you know, spend, even young career with that type of background and people know the skill set you have, you, you earn your right to be there. Now it's up to you to keep your, your place there and, and, and be able to produce and, and um, add value every time you're in a meeting. But going through that degree gets you immediate credibility that here's somebody who knows how to work hard and, and has a good skill set to be able to set them up for success and, and hopefully help us as businesses build that pool of uh, more diverse talent. Wendy, this has been great stuff. I love this stuff. I'm glad we were able to, yeah. to connect and talk about some of these issues. And because for me, I'm a labor market geek, right? And I, when I, I just like see all this opportunity 
and the the the, the 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 opportunity for organizations to help people get into these great opportunities yes. and the chance for people to have great meaningful and, and valuable and exciting and fulfilling careers like i think that's what really we're both kind of interested in right you from the technical side of it and us kind of from the hr point of view yes mm -hmm. Yes, I've enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. I'm really glad I got a chance to talk with you guys and share. And uh, like you said, uh, you know, Schneider has a lot of opportunities. So we're, we're happy to follow up with this and send Absolutely. that out we'll, we'll and whatever's the, needed. We'll get the links out the, uh, to the Schneider Electric site, the career site. Why not? The mm -hmm. second job that came up on my list, uh, by the way, in my blind search, expert technical support engineer in Shanghai. Trish, I, you there know, you I love Shanghai. You love it as well. <laughs> really? We've been there a couple of times. I don't, I, I'm over. certainly not qualified for the job, but would, it'd be cool. But maybe you have some transferable skills. There you go. <laughs> I, might, I, might, I might have some. All right. Great no, stuff. You know what, though? I will say, please, everyone check out the career site there, because again, you might be surprised what you were actually qualified for. If you just consider, you know, some of these, these roles that might not be currently on your radar, right? Mm -hmm. there, there are quite a few out there that you probably are qualified for, so... Yeah, absolutely. Cool. And, and I and I actually even have a write up on some of the thoughts that I shared today that I can share with you guys and, and the audience. Perfect. Um, just to have as a follow up and happy to answer any other questions if, if anyone has any follow up questions. Great. Great. Stuff. All right. You. Wendy Runyon from Schneider Electric. We learned a lot. We learned a little about Schneider Electric today. We learned a little bit about movies Trish hasn't seen. That's good too. So uh, I have a movie on my stuff. list. So, uh, I might wanted... send my kids over to Schneider Electric in St. Louis. <laughs> The innovation center yes. interns. Get perfect. Get them out there right now. They're they're net cost to you, Trish. You gotta get, you gotta turn that around. These kids are draining <laughs> you. You gotta you gotta flip I the know, switch. Right? I know. Oh. Uh, all right, great stuff. So uh, thanks to our friends at Paychecks, of course, for all their support. We yeah. uh, doing a little fun thing for them this week, a little internal thing uh, for Paychecks, which I'm excited about. And then I'm doing a webinar with them too next week. I gotta get the the or the week after. Uh, mental health deal, Trish. I got to get the I got to get the the stuff together on that good. and share you that. Better with you get on it. it. Yeah, yeah good stuff. Okay, so uh, for our guest Wendy Runyon, for Trish McFarland, my name is Steve Bose. Thank you for listening to the HR Happy Hour Show. We will see you next time, and bye for now. <laughs>